Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, February the 27th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here representing DFS Coach Talk to go over all eight NBA games today. There is a split slate on some of the uh, sites between DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You're able to get in an early slate and then a main slate in the evening that covers all eight games. So we're going to go over those, and we will be providing um, all the slate early and main for uh, our members. So we are fired up here. It's a beautiful Sunday here in Dallas. The sun is shining. It's warming up. So that is good stuff. Hope, hopefully wherever you are in, in the country or in the world, we have members in different countries. So hello to all of them and hope that your weather is going well. Uh, just uh, on a positive uh, comment, just really appreciate uh, all of your guys and gals uh you know, comments and questions. We appreciate all of your inquiries on Twitter and uh, YouTube and on our website. So keep that info coming. Uh, we we love to have new members join our already fantastic group. All right, <clears throat> we're diving in. We're not going to mess around. We're going to get the, this podcast out early enough that everybody can uh, take a hold of it and determine if they want to play the early slate or wait for the main. But it, this will give you the options, hopefully, to build some winners for both. All right. First game. It is 1 p.m. Eastern, and it's an interesting one. It's the Philadelphia 76ers and the New York Knicks. Philadelphia is favored by 8-8. Eight, uh, eight. It's a 218 total, 113 implied for Philadelphia, 105 for the New York Knicks. Philadelphia comes in 36 and 23, the Knicks 25 and 35. So they are struggling. Uh, as far as injuries, a lot less on some of these games today. None for Philly listed. And for the Knicks, two guys out, Grimes and Rose. Everybody else is a go. Statistically speaking, we have Philadelphia very slow, 28th. Knicks almost as slow, 27th. So certainly not a game that we expect a lot of pace, a lot of extra possessions for DFS points. Definitely not this game uh, for that purpose. Defensively, both teams solid 10th for Philly and 12th for the Knicks. So again, uh, another tough one there for building lineups as far as that goes. So uh, taking a quick look at this game, obviously, the excitement of this James Harden, Joel Embiid match together. How will they play? First game out was a big success. They both did very well. Um, it does seem like it will cap some of those 80 fantasy point games from Embiid uh, with having Harden on the floor. So even though they're both, it looks like, you know, one game sample size, but it looks like they're both going to thrive. But I'm not sure if, it's going to deter a little bit of a ceiling when we start looking, especially at Embiid uh, for that top spot, you know, is your buy-up. So anyway, you know, early game, early slate, uh, they're certainly both in play, but both very expensive. James Harden's 10-7, Joel Embiid 11-4. So a lot of, uh, you know, question there, which way you want to go, one or the other. Uh, I think both are playable. Um, 
but not my favorite target here. Maybe a day to fade both in this kind of a matchup. Uh, but on a, if you're playing the early slate only, uh, it, it becomes more uh, prohibitive to have one of those two guys in there. Tyrese Maxey, 6'5", you know, that's a little bit pricey for him, but he's still a good part of the offense. Tobias Harris, same thing, 6'8", middle of the, the pack. Those are the two guys that it's going to be interesting to see, Maxey and Harris, who we've played a lot, how this is going to affect them uh, long term. So not really chasing after either one of those guys. Thibel, if you want to go super cheap at 3'8", he's probably going to be in there quite a bit to guard R.J. Barrett. Uh, who's been hot lately. So uh, those are pretty much your options there. You know, go big or go home, if you ask me, if you want to go either Harden or Embiid. For the Knicks, uh, you know, Alec Burks, Quickly, uh, Fournier are all getting minutes there with the other two guards out. Um, I don't know, you know, Burks at 5-2 at least is down over price that you can roll the dice on. Fournier, possibly, if he gets hot at 5-9, but so points dependent. You know, the guy is R.J. Barrett at 7-3, but Thibel defense in a slow game like this, I really don't want to pay up for that. Uh, same thing goes for Julius Randle at 9-2. It's just a hard, uh, you know, pill to swallow that type of a price in this kind of game. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, 4-9. You know, he's going to split some time with his, you know, regular partners, Nerlens Noel and Maybe, uh, you know, they, they play go small if Embiid's off the floor and and uh, Toppin and some of those guys get a little run. But uh, tough matchup for Mitch, uh, for sure. Not really going to focus uh, uh, on that either. So not a big Knicks fan today uh, and probably just going to go with one of the, the big guys uh, for Philly and then just move on. It's just the ancillary guys are going to lose a lot of, you know, of the peripheral uh, numbers that they can get just because of the slowdown on both sides. All right. We've got a little break till the second game. Then it's a three 30 game uh, Eastern it's Utah jazz and the Phoenix suns. This should be a great game. Utah's favored by one on the road, which is pretty amazing. Phoenix. I don't know. I doubt they've been a, a home dog all season. So I'm sure that'll get their attention. Uh, it's a 228 total, so that's solid too. 114.5 Jazz, 113.5 for the Phoenix Suns. Utah comes in an impressive 37 and 22. Phoenix even better at a stellar 49 and 11. Uh, two guys questionable for Utah, and that's Jared Butler and Rudy Gay. As far as Phoenix, they've got one questionable backup. Uh, or possibly starting point guard Aaron Holiday. He's, uh, we'll see if he's going to go or not. Then we know the same guys are out for them, Kaminsky, Paul, Payne, and Sarich. So, you know, the question is, who picks up the slack for Chris Paul? Is this a, a, a playable game? Which side are you going to uh, look at more so here? Uh, Pace-wise, Utah's 18th. Phoenix is ninth, so it is a pace-up game for Utah. But defensively, we're you know in a quandary here because you have Utah nine, Phoenix three. So two of the top nine defenses, it does not make that a piece of cake either. But you know, let's look at some matchups here. For Phoenix, you know, the question is: 
are they going to go with Devin Booker point guard again, which seemed to work really well. Uh, He had a lot of assists, uh, hands on the ball a lot more. And I think at nine, five Booker is a, just a absolute smash pay up guy. I'm very comfortable going to him because if he's going to add that assist ratio to where it is with, with Paul off the floor now to who's already scoring, uh, you know, I think he's a terrific play. So Booker, one of my favorite plays, especially on the early slate. A uh, couple of values here too. Uh, Bridges at 5'8", Cam Johnson at 5K, Jay Crowder at 4'8", and DeAndre Ayton at 6'6". All decent pricing, all, you know, a nice uh, uh, addition in there. If Holiday's ruled in at 4'7", and Shamit is in at 3'1", those are your possible backup guys, but I don't think you really have to go that deep here. I think Booker and one of the value guys, specifically for me, probably Bridges or Johnson. On the Utah side, Conley at 6K, uh, you know, just the ceiling has been so uh, low for him in most games. Don't really want to go there. I mean, if you're going to go Booker, Donovan Mitchell's a great way to come back on the other side. He's at 8-4, but he will get some... Tough D from Bridges, but is still definitely on my radar. Uh, a step below him is Bajan, Bojan Bogdanovic. He's 5'5", five, five, and we know he's capable of, of getting hot and lighting it up. Uh, after that, really, Royce is a, is a little bit of a reach. Clarkson off the bench, uh, a slight option at 5'1". And then Rudy Gobert is at 7-6 now price-wise, so a little bit more palatable, but not really my my top target there either. So really, you know, uh, Booker versus Mitchell is, a is a I think, a solid idea, idea here, and that might be the way I roll it out. It could be a little chalky, I get it, but sometimes you got to eat the chalk when it, it just seems like it's going to be pretty obvious. So that's the first two games. Then we have... The third game that's in that early slate as well, it's the Boston Celtics at Indiana Pacers. Boston's favored by 8.5, 224 total, 116.25 for Boston, 107.75 for the Indiana Pacers. Boston comes in at 36 and 26, Indiana at 20 and 41. No injuries to mention uh, at all about Boston, so that is a Good thing for them, bad thing for DFS, because that makes it tougher for us. But there are quite a few for Indiana. You've got Duarte and Stevenson, who Stevenson had a crazy game last time. Those two are questionable. So uh, those are two rotational wings for them, for sure, if they're in. Out, as usual, McConnell, Turner, and Warren. So looking at this game, a little bit more interesting, I think, than the first two. Uh, Potential-wise, it's just very hard with Boston, you know, zoning in on who you want to play here when all of them are are filling their role. Indiana, it is a first night of a back-to-back for them. I'm not sure how much that matters, but I know Carlisle in the past has sort of coached to not overplay his guys in a back-to-back. He is one that will rest people or give them a shorter run so that they can go the second night. So I do think it will have a bit of an effect on this Pacers rotation, especially with a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who just came back the last game. Uh, He's a big fat 10-5 and with a back-to-back staring him in the eyes here, I am not going to even consider him. 
especially with this great Boston defense. But I will say uh, pace-wise, again, nothing to write home about. Boston 23rd, Indiana 19th. Boston does have the second best defense, but Indiana 27th. So that could open up a, a little bit of, of the scoring column here for Boston. Um, as far as pricing goes, uh, they've got pricing listed for the for a single slate. That's why Brogdon's 10-5. So I'm not going to even go over the pricing here because if you're playing a single game here as opposed to the early slate, opposed to an all-day slate, it's going to change those prices. But I will say, again, Brogdon not really thrilled going that direction. I think Halliburton's a little bit better play on that side. Buddy Hield seems to have really endeared himself to uh, Carlisle and the coaching staff. He's getting big minutes and is an option. O'Shea Brissett is, is a little bit on the cheap, and I think he's a decent option. He's been getting really solid minutes, uh, especially if Duarte and Stevenson are out. It, it definitely opens more minutes up uh, for guys like Brissett. Isaiah Jackson is a nice play. He seems to be the center right now. It looks like he's beat out Goga and Jalen Smith. So I think Jackson at his price is, is a nice play. Again, Boston's defense is tough. Their interior is tough too. So it's not a, a plug and play by any stretch. But looking for value on this early slate, I think Jackson uh, rolls into that as, as a good option. Um, Boston-wise, you know, you've got your choice again. Say it every day, but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, both high-priced, uh, really can't afford both. So which direction do you go here? I think this game actually is, is a better game for Jason Tatum. I like the matchup uh, defending him. I think there'll be a couple of changes they'll make on that side of the ball with, with Heald, Brissett, and a few guys off the bench. Uh, but if Lance Stevenson gets in there, he'll guard him a little bit, but where he's questionable. So Tatum's the pay-up guy that I like on the Boston side today. Um, Robert Williams has gotten super expensive. Uh, Marcus Smart, you know, is an option always, but with Derek White in the picture now, he's a, a big part of that rotation at guard. So it it does hurt a little bit when you're looking at either one of those guys. But I think Tatum's the target here, and uh, really not a whole lot of other values. And so these first three games are a challenge. Uh, the early slate is no cup of tea by any stretch. A lot of good defensive teams, some very slow paces. So uh, it's going to be very interesting, but uh, a good thing to uh, go after, try to get off to a great start. All right, we have a five-game main slate. But before we jump into that, I want to thank our present presenting <clears throat> sponsor today, and that's BetUS. Go to betus.com.pa. Fantastic site. For all of your action, it's a great time to get involved there, NBA, NHL, whatever you want to play. And they have uh, terrific March Madness coverage there as well. I've been a member there 16 years, and they are terrific. So go to betus.com.pa, and here's the great news. If you sign up uh, with them, first-time depositor, you deposit $149, you get a free two-month membership at Coach Talk. That's $150 value in itself. So it's like getting a free swing of the bat uh, at BetUS. The main thing is, though, you have to use the promo code Coach Talk. 
All one word, no space, Coach Talk, and you will get that free two-month offer from us here at DFS Coach Talk, and you have your 149 in there uh, to play at BetUS. So strongly recommend it. Great site. I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay, if you want to join us, by the way, DFSCoachTalk.com. We have great offers right now. If you don't want to take advantage of that BetUS offer, you want to dip your toes in the water, we have a three-day pass for only $10. We have an awesome Luca special, <clears throat> which is $77. It takes you all the way to April 1st. We also have a multitude of other options, including second-half NBA, um, one month a week, a lot of different options. So just go to bet you or go. Yeah. Go to betus.com. But for us, go to dfscoachtalk.com and just click on the membership page and the button there will give you all of the different options uh, that you have to join us. And we would love to have you. We have the best community, great, positive, fun discord. So we look forward to seeing you. All right, here we go. Five game main slate. First two are at 7 o'clock. The first one is pretty juicy. L.A. Clippers, Houston Rockets. L.A. Clippers minus 7.5. It's a 229 total. So very, very nice total there. Happens to be the biggest on the slate. Uh, it is a 118.25 implied for the Clippers. 110.75 for the Houston Rockets. Uh, Clippers come into this game 31-31. and 31. Houston 15 and 44. We have four guys out for the Clippers, George, Leonard, Powell, and Preston. And for Houston, we have an important questionable tag that we will need to know by game time, and that's Kevin Porter Jr. So we should have that news prior to main slate lock. Garuba and Wall out for Houston uh, as they have been all season. All right. <clears throat> statistically speaking in this game, we've got Clippers 14th in pace, Houston the fastest team in the league. So this definitely gets some attention for uh, pace of play, great pace up for the Clippers, great potential here. Clippers are eighth in the league defensively, so very solid for them under the circumstances of playing a lot of bench guys. Uh, we know Houston is dead last, so they are still the darling target here fastest pace, worst defense. So it does open a lot of options up here because the Clippers are priced low. So this could be a very important game. At least two Clippers, I think, are going to make a lot of lineups. Uh, Jackson's only 7-6, Terrence Mann 6-1, Marcus Morris 6, Batum 4, Zubots 5-1, Kennard off the bench at 4-6, and uh, Coffee 3-7, Covington 4-K. So tons of value here. I mean, pick your choice. I think there'll be teams, you're going to see a lot of teams with three Clippers being built in this main lineup. And I don't blame you. I think really Jackson, Mann, Morris are the three that I'm looking at very strongly. Love the pricing. Think that a, a mini Clipper stack is a great play today. On the Houston side, if Porter's in or out is huge, if he's out, I love Dennis Schroeder the best at 5-1. He's taken a pretty active role, getting minutes, uh, really embracing the opportunity to prove himself because he's a free agent after the end of this year. So 
Schroeder-Mania being probably my favorite play on the slate if Porter's out. I still like Schroeder either way, uh, but not as strongly if Porter's in. Jalen Green really stepped up for me last time I played him. He is up to a medium price 5-4, which is still pretty cheap, but he's got a lot more confidence going right now, a lot more shots going up, and I think he's a great option as well. Uh, you've got Christian Wood at 8-3. I've been steering clear him because I just don't like the minutes recently. Um, you know, they're they're doing a lot of rotation, experimentation with <clears throat> Zhen Goon and, and guys like that. So not as hep to, to go with the bigs. I will say Jay Sean Tate has been getting there, but he's 5-8 now. So uh, that's a guy that you can at least consider uh, on that side of the ball. All right, the other 7 o'clock game is the Detroit Pistons at the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are on the first night of a back-to-back, so that is something to keep in your mind if you're between a couple of guys. Uh, They may rest some guys. Also, this game's got a pretty big spread. It is Charlotte minus 10, 228.5 total, 109.25 for the Pistons, and an impressive 119.25 for Charlotte. And Charlotte has been putting some serious points on the board of late. Detroit is 14 and 46, Charlotte 30 and 31. Two questionables for Detroit. Both are a bit into their uh, rotation here, so it matters. Marvin Bagley and Frank Jackson, both questionable. For Charlotte, uh, nothing important. Nick Richards, questionable. Uh, I guess it is important that Jalen McDaniels is doubtful because he's normally... Uh, grabbing a few minutes off the bench. And we know Gordon Hayward uh, remains out. So uh, statistically, let's take a look at this game. Detroit's 12th in pace, Charlotte 2. So, so far, that is a really good combination. Slightly the best uh, on the slate so far. Defensively, this is what really intrigues me. 25th and 21st. So this is a key matchup. This may be the best game on the slate, to be honest with you, uh, as far as potential guys with 50-plus DFS nights. Uh, Looking at Detroit first, um, we've got uh, Cade Cunningham at 7-1, so his price is back up just a little bit. Sadiq Bey at 6-3, Grant at 6, even Stewart at 4-8. So you've got some good uh, pricing there. Uh, and those guys, to, to me, are all interesting in this matchup and uh, good pace in this game. It is important to know if Bagley's in or out because that'll help uh, Stewart and Kelly Olynyk minutes-wise. So let's see what happens there. Um, and then, you know, just those main guys that are going to get the minutes. If Detroit does keep it close, you know, I know it's a 10-point spread. If they can keep it under that, a lot of guys with big potential here. Charlotte, same thing. The only problem on the Charlotte side is it's more expensive. LaMelo Ball, great play at 9-6 for sure. Terry Rozier's had some fantastic games in the last two weeks. He's 8-1. One of my favorites that I've I've been targeting a lot is Miles Bridges. He's 7-9, so a little pricey there. Um, P.J. Washington uh, got it done for me last time at 5-6. Not feeling real comfortable about Mason Plumlee anymore at 5-1. He used to be able to grab you some decent stats, but it looks like Montrez Harrell's going to get more minutes than him ultimately, and Harrell's also been finishing games 
a lot of that is because Plumlee can't shoot a foul shot. But uh, and then, you know, the other bench player that's been very active is Kelly Oubre at 5'5". And you have Cody Martin Martin back. He's 3'8". He's in the mix, which really Cody sort of hurts a little bit of the, the ceiling for combination of Ball and Rogier there because he is getting minutes in that guard rotation. So I do like a lot of guys here, but, you know, zoning in on where you want to go here is the tough part. I think Ball at 9'6 would be my number one choice and probably Rogier at 8'1". Um, Miles Bridges at 7'9 is terrific. I think he'll be guarding Sadiq Bay, which, you know, takes a hit there on that side. Um, and Rogier's probably going to be checking Cunningham, which is a little tough there as well. So, um, you know, a little exposure from Detroit, a couple of guys from Charlotte. I think, you know, Ball being number one on my list uh, are a real good idea. I think you need exposure uh, to this game. All right, we move to the 7.30 game. It's the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Golden State is favored by four and a half, which is pretty low number. 220 total, <clears throat> 107.75 for Dallas, 112.25 for the Golden State Warriors. Dallas comes in 35 and 25, Warriors 43 and 17. Couple of questionable backup guards, sort of deep backup, but Trey Burke and Nitalikina are both questionable for Dallas. Marquise Chris doubtful, and Hardaway and Pinson remain out. Uh, the big thing here is is uh, Golden State. Clay Thompson is listed as questionable right now. That is a big piece of news. So we need that news. Uh, hopefully, we get that before lock. We know Draymond and Iggy remain out for Golden State. Statistically speaking, Dallas, slowest team in the league. So major pace down game for Golden State. Golden State, a respect, respectable 13th. Here's where we have the two best defensive team combination on the slate with Dallas sixth and Golden State first. So you've got a lot of concern here. Pace is slow. Defense is great. Not a real conducive you know, combination for a great outcome for DFS. So very hesitant in this game. I will say if Clay Thompson sits, I think it does make Steph Curry a better play. No question about it. Uh, at 10-6 though, you know, it is a bit pricey, but I think, you know, without that shot volume from Curry or from uh, Thompson, if he doesn't play, Curry becomes a, a really good payup. For Luca at 11-7, he's coming off a bad game, so he's certainly an option here, but he's probably going to get some Gary Payton two defense. The mitten will be on him a bit, and then if Clay's in there, he could guard him. Uh, you know, they'll they'll throw the kitchen sink at Luca trying to slow him down. So he's not, you know, off my list of potential plays, but he's not at the top of it either, especially at that big 11-7 number. Uh, really, anybody else for Dallas, just too risky. Brunson's a little higher at 6-7 pricing-wise, um, which could be a secondary option But if, you know, if you're not going Luka. But after that, I think it's just too spread out, too many guys uh, chopping away at minutes in a slow-paced game. Uh, for the Golden State side, really not the inside interior attack player's that I like to go after uh, Dallas with, you know, Looney is more 
of a laid back big. I think Kaminga could be dangerous and cause a lot of trouble off the bench. He's four seven, uh, and he is uh, in my sights as a possible play here. Uh, you know, especially if uh, Clay sits. Uh, after that, you can go on the cheap with a Gary Payton at four one. Wiggins is down to five eight, but you know Wiggins is a definite option if Clay sits, uh, but not if Clay plays for me. But that's it. I'm not crazy about this game. I think it stays low, and uh, you know possibly Curry tonight might be a roll, but we'll see how that goes. All right, we have two late games. We've got a 9 o'clock and a 10 o'clock. The 9 o'clock is the Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazers. Denver's favored by 8. It's a 226 total. 117 implied for Denver. 109 for the Portland Trailblazers. Denver comes in 35 and 25. 10 games over 500 for the first time this year. Portland, the opposite. 25 and 35. 10 games under. Guys out for Denver, and we will say this is the only team second night of a back-to-back. So how is Coach Malone going to handle this? That's something we got to get a lot of coach speak, a lot of beat writer info, because it could definitely affect this rotation. So keep that in mind. But you've got uh, Kanchar, Murray, Najee, and Porter out for Denver. For Portland, you've got two questionables, one very important. Justice Winslow is questionable. He's played a big role with since all the trades and guys out. Greg Brown also questionable, and he can grab a few uh, big man minutes himself. The other guys that are already out, Bledsoe, Lillard, Luzada, my favorite guy, Luzada, get to see him every day, and Nurkic. So a lot of guys out for Portland. They've certainly thrown in the towel this season. So a game that could blow out, no doubt about it, but Denver had to travel. They played at home last night. They're on the road tonight in Portland. You know, 226 totals, nice. Does this game stay close enough? Vegas thinks it does. It's only an eight-point spread. We'll see if anybody gets ruled out for Denver. But as of now, you've got two below-average pace teams. That's one concern. They're 21st and 17th, respectively. However, the defense is not good. Denver below average at 17th. Portland, the third worst defensive team in the entire league. So you got a split view here. You know, not great pace. Second night of a back-to-back for Denver. Bad defense, though. So it's one of those games where you have to make some decisions. And they're not super easy decisions. Um, you know, Monte Morris had a great game last night at 5-3, but more of an outlier. He's not been consistent. Barton stayed below 6K, still at 5'9", always an option. Obviously, you know, is your pay-up play of the day going to be the Joker? 12'6 is a big price on a back-to-back, but Portland's interior defense is laughable. I mean, it's basically going to, their front line, like power forward and center availabilities, Josh Hart, Drew Eubanks, Trendon Watford, Greg Brown, if he plays, I mean, it's pathetic. So it's tempting. I mean, if Joker, if the game stays close enough and Joker gets full run, he's going to beat everybody by 10, 12 DFS points tonight, minimally. But there's ifs there. You know, that's what we have to determine as the day goes on. Is he going to get a full run? Is the game, is the game going to stay close enough? You know, is he going to get extended on the second night of a back-to-back? I mean... 
you know, it's it's a lot of decisions here. As of right now, if the lineup's locked in five minutes, I would roll the dice on the Joker. He's shown in the past he can play back-to-backs just fine. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, if this game blows out, you can absolutely get stung. But the Joker did disappoint last night. He did not get to his number at all. So, you know, with this small resistance in the paint, um, maybe he <clears throat> comes out a little bit more fired up and can get it done. So that is the big, sh you know, shape shifter of your build, though, is making that decision on the Joker. A couple other options there. Gordon at 5'9", always a possibility. Uh, you know, you never know how he's going to uh, perform on a specific night, but worth a, a, a risk, it's last guy in kind of guy. Uh, Anthony Simons, solid play, but you got to pay for it. It's 8-2. Um, he's been decent. Really need to know this Winslow news because that does change everything for this Portland lineup. So that's going to be something I'll be zoning in on. If he plays with no limitations at 6-4, I think he's an option. I know he's we had him at 3-2 you know, last week, but it is what it is, and he's performing a lot better. But if he's not 100%, and he's been a guy through his career at Miami and, and Memphis, I think he was, wherever he was at, he really sat a lot of games. He is an injury-prone guy big time. So I'm sort of not counting on him to roll, but we'll see. He's questionable as it stands. If you want to go uh, <clears throat> to a little bit better uh, option here, cheap-wise, it's C.J. Ellaby at 4-2. He's been getting solid run at a cheap price. Uh, not somebody you want to, you know, build around, but, you know, if you really need the, the salary savings, he may be a good option. Guy I'm a little hesitant on is John uh, Josh Hart. I've been playing him a ton. He's been a great fit for Portland and doing well, but he gets Aaron Gordon defense here. In my opinion, that that's going to be a tough matchup for him because Gordon is strong and just so uh, flexible and movable. And he's going to get up, you know, he's going to get up in Hart's business there. So a little bit tougher uh, move there. Really not interested in the whole Eubanks, Watford, Brown, whatever happens at center, it's going to be not pretty. So I know Eubanks is 3-9, but just too risky for me uh, on a smaller slate like this. It's probably just, you know, Joker, find a little bit of other value in this game, uh, either a Gordon, a Barton, an LB, someone of that nature, Winslow, if he's uh, not restricted. Um, and then Simons being the, the key other guy, you know, I wouldn't mind just going Joker versus Simons here on both sides if I can afford it. So <clears throat> interesting game, not a completely target game, but definitely uh, want a little bit of a one-off exposure there. All right, the last game on the slate. Late night sweat, 10 o'clock game, sitting all by itself, starts an hour later, and it's the wonderful L.A. Lakers that we get to wait for. What a hot mess, man. I I sold out last time and finally said, you know what, I'm going to play Westbrook and LeBron together. Did not work out. So a little bitter coming into this one, but, you know, there are some makings of, of decent DFS output here. It's the Pelicans at the Lakers, Lakers favored by one, 222.5 total, 110.75 for the Pels, 111.75 for the LA Lakers. Pels come in 24 and 36. Lakers are 27 and 32. Isn't that something? 
Uh, out for the Pelicans are Nance and my our buddy Cheeseburgers Williamson. For the Lakers, guess what? Questionable tag on LeBron James. What else is new? So I've got him in. I think he plays. <clears throat> I don't quite buy the questionable tag. At least he was going with a probable tag for a while. Now he's back to this every game he's questionable and, you know, it's sort of agitating. Um, Avery Brandt, Bradley is probable. and We know Davis and Nunn are still out. So we look at this game statistically, 22nd in pace for the Pelicans, six for the Lakers. So we have major pace down for the Pels, um, or pace up for the Pels, ma major pace down for the Lakers. Defensively, Pelicans not good, 23. Lakers hovering around the middle of the pack at 14. Uh, let's mention C.J. McCollum right off the bat. He's been a stud since he came over for Portland. He's certainly square in play at 8-9. <clears throat> He's really been uh, getting to his number on a consistent basis. We know the Lakers really struggle uh, defensively lately. So McCollum at 8-9 in play. Brandon Ingram's down a 7-8. This is a guy that was in the nines for a while, but he seems to have taken the biggest uh, shave here with McCollum being in town. So 7-8's a good price, though. Definitely tempting. Herb Jones getting the minutes still down to 4-4, but you know there were games where he was almost the feature guy when they didn't have Ingram playing, when McCollum wasn't in town yet, <clears throat> if they had Joe Val you know, out for a bit. But now Herb is officially the fifth option out of the five on the floor. So a little bit tougher to get there. Jackson Hayes has had some good games at four, nine uh, playing at that four spot next to Joe Val. So we need confirmation that that lineup's going to remain. Uh, but he's a nice option at that price. And Joe Val at eight K. I mean, you know, he's had some great games. He does get into some foul trouble, but this matchup should be pretty strong for him. And I think he's a good option. Don't really like anybody off the bench right now for the Pels. I think they're really trying to make a run for that ninth or 10th spot in the playoffs. Um, and McCullum, Ingram, Hayes, and Joval are what it's all about there. All right, for the Lakers, Russ Westbrook at 8-5 pass. I'm not going to fall for that again. Too cheap? Yeah, no. He's just not playing well. He's playing in different spots. Not going not gonna to recommend him. After that, you know, LeBron, if he plays at 10-9, probably, other than the Joker, the best pay-up spot. I know he disappointed last time as well, but generally he is a strong play here. Um, <clears throat> the only concern for me is the Pels play a little bit slower, but their defense is bad. So LeBron is high on my list still. I'm counting him in as, as of now and probably uh, – one of the two payups in my lineup. Uh, Dwight Howard is going to be massively owned. Everybody's going to fly to Dwight Howard. He's 3K in. He's coming off crazy game, uh, old school Dwight. And you know what? Sometimes you just take the free square, use it as a chalk blocker, whatever you have to do. But if everything stays as it is at 3K Dwight Howard, should probably be in 100% of your lineups. I mean, I just don't know how you get around it. It is what it is. Even if he disappoints, it's not going to hurt you because everybody else is going to have him. And it does open up ability to have a joker and 
uh, LeBron type of uh, duo in your lineup. So that's that's pretty much what it is. Not interested in the other Lakers. I like Monk at 5'2", but he sits a lot more than I was hoping he would. They seem to be giving a lot of run to Austin Reeves at 3-3. You know, he's hit or miss, though, and if he's not hitting his shots, uh, you can get stung there, too. So, really, that's about it. I think that that will wrap up the entire slate of eight games. Hope it gives everybody a great chance to win, take some stuff down, and really enjoy some all-day NBA today. I know I will be in front of that TV for about 14 NBA hours, which I get fired up to watch. So, have a great one. Thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate all of the listeners. Please hit that thumbs up. We do this podcast in front of the paywall for the NBA every day. All we ask is that you hit that thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. Sign up there, use the promo code COACHTALK, and get two free months of DFS Coach Talk. Uh, also want to thank uh, Prize Picks, who's another sponsor of ours. We've been uh, giving out some great prize picks, lineups, and content each day. We're going to continue to ramp that up. So appreciate all of you uh, listening in. Enjoy your Sunday. Hopefully a lot of you get a day of rest to attack uh, again tomorrow. So I'll be back tomorrow for the uh, Monday slate at seven games. So the NBA has done a great job uh, setting up the schedule here after the All-Star break. A lot of Nice, playable, mid-level amounts of games. So we've got another good slate on Monday. So I'll look forward to seeing you. Uh, Definitely check uh, back with us here at DFS Coach Talk because we'll certainly be looking to start out the week by crushing it in NBA DFS.